What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball podcast. I am your host, Trill Bro Dude, and today I am very excited to announce that You Know Ball is partnering with Underdog Fantasy, the newest and best place to play fantasy sports and win real big prizes. Now, this is not some sort of complicated math puzzle like DraftKings or FanDuel where you have no chance to win. Underdog Pick'em is simple. You take your favorite player stats, you choose higher or lower, and you can win up to 20 times your money on any given night. They offer everything from my guy Tyrese Maxey's points to James Harden's assists to Joel Embiid's rebounds. And right now, if you make a $100 first-time deposit, they will match that in bonus cash. If Pick'em isn't your thing, Underdog is the only place that offers nightly draft contests. Just pick six players and a classic snake draft, score the most points, and you can win up to $10,000. Underdog drafts are simple, fun, and if you know ball, you can actually win. So please go to underdogfantasy.com or use their easy-to-use app, use the promo code SLOP, or you can use the affiliate link that is in the description below. Get a $100 deposit match when you sign up today. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball podcast. I am your host, Troll Bro Dude, and today I am very excited to have onto the podcast. He actually recently got a new job regular on the podcast. We have Sam Sheehan who just got a job as the head of PR for the Brooklyn Nets. Sam, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I mean, why, why wouldn't I be? It's, uh, it's great, a great day. I'm really excited to get, you know, working with a lot of great people and start rebranding um, with this Nets organization. Um, I think we're going to change a lot of people's minds about the Brooklyn Nets here in the coming weeks. Yeah, it's it's been a tough tough few uh days how how have you uh fared in your first few days working uh this new job well i've had the job for um upwards of 27 minutes um so <laughs> that's you know i recently just got off the call with josai uh, and they were really impressed with my vision for this team because i think what people don't understand we get we get a lot of um I don't want to say it's hypocritical, you know what I'm saying? What a lot of people are doing about the Brooklyn Nets, because like, let's, what do the Brooklyn Nets have in common with everyone? We are all people first and foremost, right? It's true. Yeah. So we all put our pants on one leg at a time. We all breathe. We all laugh. We all cry. Uh, we all feel emotions. Um, and with one very notable exception, I, th I think that everyone needs to remember that, you know, the Brooklyn Nets are people too. Um, you know, we make mistakes. We all, um, you know, try to change things. Uh, we, we try to move towards a new horizon. And what, while what, when you say one notable exception, what it, what did you what did you mean by that? Well, there's just there's one member of the Brooklyn Nets who just you know, I, this was my pitch to Josiah. I said, like, look, I can do a lot of spin, you know, but there is one moral boundary that I will not cross personally when I take this PR job. You know, because, of course, you of know, course. Like, so you're PR, talking about Kyrie, Kyrie Irving. Well, well, I'm just saying, as a PR representative, you know, it's a lot like being a lawyer. You know what I'm saying? Professionally, you just have to have those boundaries. You know what I'm saying? Where yeah. morally you've got to do the calculus on your own. And I decided myself like, okay, there is one line that I won't cry. You said Kyrie Irving. I, or, well, are you, you talking know, about Idoka? Ime Idoka, well, the new head coach? Well, no, I'm more just Ben Simmons. Um, <laughs> because, you know, just uh, quitting, 
I think is probably <laughs> the only thing that isn't forgivable in sports. And he seems to have quit on the team. So, you know, I, but I don't really want to talk about Ben. There's not really a lot to say about someone who's not seeking forgiveness. Um, but, but by the way, I know that you had said you wanted to talk to me before I took this Brooklyn Nets job about 27 minutes ago. Was there something you wanted to like bring up with me before that? I didn't really talk to you. I, you, I kind of sprung this on you that I had taken the Nets job. So I just, yeah. Prior to this, I had offered Sam the opportunity to become the co-host of You Know Ball full-time. And did you not get my email? Oh, I thought, well, I thought that was like a a joke. Well, same thing. I said that I didn't want to talk about Ben Simmons, but I thought we were doing like a riff. Is that, is that real? That's on the table? Like, yes. Oh, will be. You, you would be my new co-host for the podcast. Okay. You'd be able to leave the hell that is the Brooklyn Nets. Being the biggest Sixers fan online that is also a Celtics yeah. fan, I thought you would be right. a great fit. And oh. I've explained this to you many times. I think that you should oh. join the podcast full time. And you I, take this job yeah. defending these horrible people in Brooklyn. And I'm just yeah. completely floored here. Yeah. I You know what? Actually, I'm going to, you know... I, it was mostly just I didn't want to talk about Ben Simmons, but now I'm finding out that I might have to do that anyway at my other job. So, you know what? Actually, I'm going to take you up on that. So I'm going to – yeah, sorry. I'll have to call Josiah after the episode. But, yeah, no, awesome. Let's do it. Let's lock it in okay. for sure. So yeah. end, end of bit. Sam actually is joining the podcast as <laughs> the new co-host. This is not a bit uh, anymore. Yeah, anymore. Sam will no. be – Sixers Sam will be the yes. new co-host of the You Know Ball podcast moving forward. Very excited to actually talk about the NBA, talk about our guy Ben Simmons, and uh, dive yeah. head head first into whatever the fuck is happening with the Brooklyn Nets right now. I have yep. no idea. I don't. I I I can never understand or follow this organization or understand anything that they do. I just can't believe. They like you've got to kind of hand it to him in terms of shamelessness because like the Kyrie that Kyrie press conference from like what was it two days ago was like one of the worst handled things I've ever seen and they decide you know what you know what the time is ripe for we're gonna fire Steve Nash <laughs> and go get Ibaka you know let's rip the bandaid off all at once we've got you know we've got a pretty low. You know, like it is, it is uh, like, I, I do feel kind of like a uh, bon voyage to Steve Nash, by the way, I do feel kind of bad for him. You know, it's funny. It is objectively funny that it started like, this guy is going to be a vibes commander. He's going to get everyone operating on a great thing. And then the flash 42 years later and his last game is just people having to protest anti-Semitism in courtside <laughs> seats at the game. <laughs> like, that's, that's how, that's, that's a little life comes at you fast moment for sure. <laughs> like, I'm glad, Steve I'm Nash, glad he escaped. Who, 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 who literally, when he was hired by the team, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant basically said, we don't really think of him as a head coach. <laughs> we, 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 we think this is more of a collective and this is more. And, he has and, no authority. <laughs> at all. At all. Yeah. He's just a guy that we will be. He's basically here to hang out, yeah. make sure that the vibes are good. And as you said, they could not be possibly worse. <laughs> just, just every single week, every single month, getting worse in Brooklyn by the day. 
and then kind of culminating with these past few days. And you said it was like two or three days ago. It literally feels like a month ago in my brain. And yeah. I hate to be one of those people, but it is like a Trump tactic to do <laughs> like, mm. hey, the worst thing you could ever imagine a franchise doing just happened. Let's do something insane again <laughs> two yeah. days later which feels like a month ago at this point as i said it's like when control Trump was the president spin. yeah you, you <laughs> control the spin. as you said the shamelessness could not get any worse and now yeah. steve nash is gone and i part of me feels bad for steve nash and part of me feels like i mean he literally kd said in that press conference any of us could be coach. One day it could be Ky uh, KD. One day it could be Kyrie. Hey, it could even be Jock Vaughn, who is literally coaching the Nets during mm. their interim game tonight before uh, Ime Adoka takes over as the head coach. But, I mean, look, I'm not surprised Steve Nash was the scapegoat. I'm not surprised. I am a little surprised that they fired him after a win. <laughs> it's kind of kind yeah. of cold. Uh, yeah. I. Look, all the reports going back to even when James Harden was there was that they were not getting along with Steve Nash, that they didn't like his vision. And then Harden forces his way out. It's a disaster after disaster, back to back to back, with Ben Simmons never playing, with Kyrie with the anti-vax stuff, and now the yeah. anti-Semitism stuff. He's just yeah. obsessed with the antis. <laughs> and yeah. And, and I, I and, said he was anti-semen, anti-semen as a semen retention guy, but he turns out he was anti-sem something else. <laughs> I, I just I got the suffix wrong, um, so that's on me. My bad. Um, I I just I think my my biggest takeaway from this is why even start the season if you're gonna fire him like what seven games into the season. Why was he not fired in the offseason then? Because uh, was this it, is, is why. it literally the Ime thing that they found out Ime is available? Like, is, is that what it was that they like found out? Okay, he's not coming back. The Celtics will let us talk to him. And like, was there back channeling going on like that? Like, how available is Ime? Is he not coming back? Like, are you guys really moving on with Missoula? Like, what's the the deal? Like, because that's the only thing I could think of that would have changed. Like, how do you not acquiesce to Durant's? demanding that he be fired and then fire him for a totally honestly is optically a worse reason than yes. your star player demanding that yes. he be fired. Like, you know, I, I don't know. Seems yeah. crazy. To me. Yeah. I, I think that, and, and I look, I'm looking at it from the Sixers perspective. And a week ago we were saying, who's going to be the first coach to get fired. Is it Steve Nash? Is it doc rivers? And now Steve Nash gets fired. I, I personally think, they went to, and this is what I talked about with Reed Wallach when we talked about the Nets in depth on the last episode, was I think that there was that meeting over the summer where Kevin Durant met with Josiah. He met with whatever. It was like, okay, if things don't go well, Nash is gone. Like, we have to start on fire. We have to really be hitting it out, out the gate, just looking great, uh, winning games. And then if he is not living up to our expectations as coach, we're going to get rid of him because it's, it's basically anything to keep KD happy while he is still on the team. Because mm. let's be honest, if KD wasn't happy, there, there's nothing holding KD back from just being like, I actually won out this time because I don't know if Kyrie is going to be there 
come next by the trade deadline by next year, whatever it is. And then, then you have an unhappy, your two best players in the team. You have the Ben Simmons situation. So this is kind of one, I, I guess the last gasp effort to just save the team in some capacity, but it feels like all of the damage has already been done. And then going out of your way to hire Ime Adoka, who like, look, it, it, you could not have picked a worse person to come into this situation. Yeah. If you if you want to make everything rosy and great, first off, be besides all of the all of the shit that he was doing in Boston, all mm. of the which we still don't know enough this, information on. Really, that was going to be my point here. Is that yeah. like because I I think there's a lot of blue checkmark um, concern trolling going on about this. Like this, the email Doka situation is kind of a huge Rorschach test, I think, for like blue check media about like contrarianism and stuff like that. Because I think a lot of people are really just mad that they haven't been told as media what's going on, and and I think people are like really, really struggling with that, with not having all the information, and the fact that you can't really pass judgment. I think this the Udoka situation has kind of driven everybody insane because you know, like there's a bunch of obviously dynamics here. You know, there is um Boston anytime there's a black head coach and somebody of power in Boston who and something like this happens, everybody's going to be like, okay, is this racism? You've got the dynamic of, you know, female um staffers, you know, w- what's responsible there? You've got the dynamic of legally what can you do? in certain situations, you know, you've got all the rumors about what exactly happened, how consensual things were, like where, where did the harassment comes in? Nobody knows the answers except for people in the Boston Celtics organization. And what I think is driving everyone insane about that is we live in such a reactive take culture with a lot of this stuff that like people literally cannot just like leave it alone. And you're ending up with people just like, forming hard hard opinions on stuff that they don't know anything about well what we do know what we do know is that (laughs) what whoa just is just ridiculous it's just shameless shameless ridiculous uh this is a quote directly from the woge article the Nets have been vetting the circumstances around Udoka's suspension and believe he can tighten up the league's 29th ranked defense (laughs) And command leadership in a difficult locker room. So, hey, don't worry about whatever's happening in Boston with Ime Adoka and possibly power dynamics coming into play, possibly harassment, whatever it is. We can't really comment on exactly what it is, but we know that it's bad enough that the Celtics have said, go home. We'll pay you not to coach the team. We're not going to fire you due to maybe there there's something uh, there there's not enough cause or whatever it is. Maybe they just didn't want to get in the legal aspect of everything. But we do know that there's at least a reputation that is out there from Udoka, which stems back to his time in Brooklyn at least, where he was let let's say sleeping around or whatever. And now I'm not saying that you should be fired for sleeping around at your job. It's probably a stupid fucking thing to do, but it's not necessarily like you should lose your job. You should lose all privileges because you're horny. (laughs) Like if everything's consensual and everything's good, it's where the power dynamics come into play. And once again, we don't know enough information about it to really pass judgment, but if the power dynamics come into play and these are women that are working under him, and these are women that have, you know, 
either complained to the organization about his behavior or they have expressed this, then that needs to be taken seriously and he should not be coaching a team until we figure out what the fuck happened. Well, and I, and I think that's what it is. I mean, I think you just, they've got to, they had to err on the side of this. I think the reason, because I think everybody's gotcha here, everyone who's seeing it the other way is that, you know, eBay Udoka is being set up a little bit, you know, he's being run out of town. I don't really see what's in the Boston Celtics organization to create that, to be honest. Like, I, I don't see why you would want Ime Odoka, uh, there's no reason for it, but like, let's just say that's what it is that, you know, they're, they're trying to like set him up or something like that. Yeah. Obviously you're going to suspend him and not pay him because that's what it is. You know, the, the gotcha is that, well, the Celtics just didn't want to pay him. That's why they didn't fire him outright. It's like, yeah, he's <laughs> a contract for five years. Like, obviously, like that's, you know, you, you, you suspend him until everything is figured out. So just in terms of, the fact that the Nets have gone with this, the Celtics haven't don't want compensation for letting right. him out of the That's contract. The and they're thing just gonna let him something right. happen. Something yeah. happened because you yeah. know, again, we're we're talking about like reading into tea leaves and you know, wildly speculating, which is the reason why this is driving everyone insane, is because it reduces everyone to wildly speculating about things and you just have to look at the actions of what happened. But generally speaking, uh, you letting you're letting a division rival, a team you played in the playoffs last year, get a coach who just basketball stuff is kind of a perfect fit for what they have going on. A tough talk guy who has built a good defense, who has respect, has been on that staff with with a lot of these guys, you know. So I don't I don't think he's a perfect fit. I actually think really? he's the okay. worst kind of coach. I think he's the worst kind of coach you could bring into the situation. And now I'm not saying that you have to be like just from a pure basketball standpoint, nothing right. with right. the off the court shit. Like, like yeah. that, he should not have a job. Let's just put that out there. He should not have a job. He yeah. will have a job. Right. <laughs> they they literally they vetted the situation, which either means they didn't do shit and they just hired him immediately because they know he's a good coach. Sean Marks also him. said they didn't make a decision yet in the press conference before the game. It's just like after Wojer like reported that they're like finalizing hiring him. It's so like Woj and anyway. Shams are both yeah. like, hey, he's hired. And Sean yeah. Marks is like, yeah, we're still we're still haggling over numbers. <laughs> like, yeah. Look, yeah. we're trying yeah. to figure something out here. So but, uh, but but back to the reason why I think just from a pure basketball standpoint, if he is the coach of the team moving forward. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's the best guy to bring into this situation. I'm not saying that like Steve Nash was, uh, I don't even think Steve Nash was a particularly good coach at all. I think he was dealt a shitty hand. I think that he had to deal with more bullshit than any coach has ever had to deal with for any coach in a two or three year span as he did in Brooklyn in his, in his short tenure there. But, and I'm not saying you should bring in like a kiss ass, like that is going to like make everyone try to get to get along and like make everything work. But like, I don't know. Like I know Udoka has has coached Kyrie. He's coached Ben. He's never coached KD, but he was in the locker room the same year, I believe. Uh, wait, yeah, he never. No, he never coached him. No, yeah, I he think was he just did coach him. Oh, I think he was on that for staff, one year. On that staff. Okay, yeah, one year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, they don't because that was the that was the joke the summer before they hired when they were at TBUSA was that they had a little bit of right. back and forth about we we gonna lock Patty's ass up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. From Boston Celtics. Yeah, like the, I do remember that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. And so yeah, he he has coached in, in some capacity. Mm-hmm. But my whole thing is the thing we know about Ime is that he is a hard ass. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I know Ben Simmons thinks he wants a hard ass coach. 
I know KD and Kyrie think they want someone that's going to, you know, bring in structure and whatever. Mm -hmm. Those guys, that to me makes the situation potentially even worse because I think that if things go bad, like if they win, if, 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 if he comes in and he yeah. can make the defense better and he can make everyone get along and, and they all buy in and whatever, and the best case scenario, sure, whatever. Yeah. The realistic is the realistic thing that will probably happen here is that they still underperform. They still don't really get along. The Ben Simmons issue is still an issue. Kyrie's still in a contract year and KD just asked out not that long ago. And if you're bringing in a hard ass coach, who's trying to like install discipline and be a culture setter, which is a funny thing to say about yeah. him <laughs> now. considering, <laughs> like, Yeah. yeah, right. yeah. Considering what the culture? culture that, yeah, 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 the culture that he brought to Boston, which was yeah. terrible for uh, 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 at least you know women employees, then mm. it it is it is a thing to like. I just think that it has potential to be a disaster. Is what I'm trying to get at here. Like I think it has yeah. potential to blow up just as much as it's already blown up, and then and then Whoa. you know everyone goes their separate ways. So that is my point. Uh, with this because I, I see what you're saying and obviously there is a lot of downside my prop my point is they're pretty much at rock bottom right now like what is right. it what's is it's gonna go worse than, than it has already what Kyrie's gonna find a, go, go into slav on the podium <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like, yeah like what it what like what group is Kyrie gonna target next like I don't I just don't think I think the upside is substantial you know like if you really want to try to make this Nets team work why not it's gonna be gone next year anyway because Kyrie is leaving like every, I think everyone knows that, you know. So why yeah. not? Stephen A. Smith saying it every morning. Yeah, exactly. I, like Kyrie's gone. I, I do think email because I, I think the main thing is respect. You know what I'm saying? And I think that Steve Dash lost that locker room when he lost the respect of some of those guys. You know, KD and Kyrie in particular. So I think that just by having the respect of your players, like I think they'll be willing to put up with it. Like, Will that work three years from now? No, <laughs> probably not. You know, like we don't even know if it would have worked in Boston for three years. You know, it worked well for us the one year that he was here, you know, but got a lot of buy-in from the Celtics players and everything. But I don't, I, I was always a little skeptical that that approach could work more than one year, but I do think it's worth at least trying in year one <laughs> on the condition that you are not bringing in a guy with questions of improper conduct into your circus of a franchise that already has. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like you, you have, you have a ticking time bomb that you are like, you're literally just pouring gasoline on the fire with this hire because yeah. you have uh, Kyrie with all of the shit that Kyrie has done, the anti-Semitic, uh, pushing this anti-Semitic movie on Twitter, uh, you know, basically the thing with Kyrie, and I think that a lot of people would, would feel, would feel bad, or I shouldn't say feel bad, would understand Kyrie more if he were able to come out and just be like, look, I, like I fucked up. Like there were some things yeah. in that documentary that like don't align with my personal beliefs. Right. Right. And it became more about you're trying to silence me. And that's, that's not the thing. Yeah. That's the thing is like everyone's always against me and I'm the bad right. guy and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, listen, dude, shut the fuck up. You're a multimillionaire professional athlete with a platform and you're using it in a very harmful way to a large I, group of people. Like, well, 
I think the main thing is this Nets team is kind of defined by the opposition to the media that like all right. of those guys have had really bad experiences where they feel like they've been victimized by the media, you know, like, and I honestly, probably the one that has the best case is Ben Simmons. Cause even oh, though he's, Including even, me. Right. That's what I'm saying. Because even though, even though Ben has like been a mess and everything like that, like he's, he's, He's getting shit for basically Chuck knob locking like in real yeah. time, which is a pretty like minor. Once again, thing. La- yeah. la- labor hero, quiet quitting. Yes, exactly. Uh, you know, <laughs> like uh, holding stuff. out from the team, all that. Well, Katie's always, you know, had his own like anxieties and he's, he's like just a fascinating character in general. And like his sure. relationship to the media has always been a little dicey. I mean, I, I don't know if I really want to blame him for like getting mad at Ethan Sherwood Strauss, um, but like, yeah, I do think in general, that. yeah. Like, <laughs> but I do think, but I do think that like, you know, he has had weird back and forth with the media and so is Kyrie. So you kind of do have this dynamic in that locker room where everyone is just like, fuck Nick Friedel. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is, I just like, want to say the, alter- the, yeah. one, the one time Nick Friedel is right and and in mm-hmm. standing up for what is right yeah and this is the only time that they and and look i'm sure they've they've had their frustrations with with him in the past i make fun of nick a lot on the podcast but he was right mm-hmm. in this circumstance and they're basically like fuck you for questioning me for posting a anti-semitic right. piece of film like right. like i i i think and i god i i hate to keep coming back to it but it, it is kind of Trump-like. Like, he's just... Yeah. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah. it, 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 Nick Friedel, and, and the ESPN is very nasty. Pushing the- very unfair to me. Very unfair. They said Nick Fr- <laughs> Big boy Nick Friedel coming in and giving me giving me guff. <laughs> no, Nick, you're going to sit down. Get get those lights off. Turn them off. <laughs> get them off. Way too uh, bright. That's Kyrie in the playoffs uh, every year now. Well, he'll be back on Twitter soon. So <laughs> the, the big boy will be back. Let's go. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank Elon you, Mr. Musk. Musk. Thank you, yes. Mr. Musk. Reinstate get... free Sam Shan NBA. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get Kyrie and Elon Musk and all the brain trust into one room and talk this out? But, I don't, uh, well, I, d- I don't think the media was very kind to you. It's not, that's my Elon. It's not very good. We'll it's like, we'll hold on. on. That, that sounds like that's something. a butler. That's like a butler. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to do South African and I'm, I'm ending up at butler. So it's not good. Mr. Bolton. That's what it sounded like. Yeah. It sound, sounds like a Bolton villain. We're going to monetize the platform. $8 to be verified. You can become How- Nick Friedel. Take his check mark. How much money do you think that you could? Like, how much would Woj and Shams pay to keep their check marks? Like, boy, like Woj especially, like probably a thousand a month. I think. I think you would pay a thousand dollars a month to keep it. Send that bill to New York Times and ESPN to to cover your. It is very funny that Shams is technically New York Times because he's athletic and. Yeah, could have done. He could have done great with Judith Miller's role in the Iraq War. <laughs> Shams destroying their their thing by tweeting out too early that they didn't find aluminum tubes. The mobile labs actually aren't realistic. <laughs> Shams would have prevented the Iraq War if he were working for the New York Times in 2003. 
Because he just he can't sit on news. He's like he wouldn't have. And Dick Cheney would have been like, no, you can't. You, look, you've got to say you got to say that they're refining uranium. And like Chibs is looking up from his phone. He's already tweeted out. There is no refinability with mobile labs to refine uranium. With three with three typos and that he's deleting it. <laughs> yeah, <three times>. <laughs> Obama bin Laden. <laughs> Osama bin Laden. Oh God. Oh my God. Sham, Shams. Uh, this is why we need Shams. You know, might not always uh, be. I might not always have all the facts, but God damn it, you'll get it quick. The the, the pillars. I, hey, we saw that example today. Yeah. Literally, you posted a screenshot of Woj. Yeah. The Nets have fired Steve Nash. Yeah. Shams. <laughs> Five seconds later, the Nets and Steve Nash have agreed to mutually part ways. Well, Woj is such a rat that he followed up the next tweet with like, the, "I sources tell ESPN the decision was mutual." <laughs> <laughs> he rules, dude. He's so good. I love, I, I love how shameless Woj is. He's such a. Oh, so, God, sources, such a, aka, such a guy. literally, Sean Mark texted me. Sean Mark's texted yeah. me. Five seconds after that tweet went up and said, Hey, you got to say it's mutual, by the way. Yeah, exactly. But mutual, by the way. Don't forget that part. He it's had a, uh, shams book. on the DM, too. So, um, have you have you actually watched the Nets play basketball recently? Like, actually watch I try not to. Them? I try not to. I've seen bits and pieces. It It's bad, man. I, I haven't seen recent games, but like, God damn, they just look they everybody looks like they're quitting. Like I it's tough. It's really well, tough. Well, look, Ben Ben Simmons is leading by example. <laughs> that's what I think that's the problem. You know, this is this is like this this dynamic has the the like um it's like a Starbucks that's in the middle of unionizing. Um I was just ben gonna Simmons say is, is gonna say is like the, the union leader that they like have to figure out how to get out of the locker room. <laughs> like, like, like how to like fire him without like with using like sneaky tactics. So I think they're like trying to figure out how they can like get union boss Ben Simmons out of that locker room. I was going to say, I, I think that the nets are going to be the first team in the NBA to have their own union. And then yeah. you just have like written into the contract. We don't talk to the media ever. No. Uh, and then they can have, they basically can just dictate when, when they actually have to play, actually have to play games. And then, they get to take off like half the season and still get paid their full contract. Honestly, I think that they're ahead of the curve, the Nets. I think that they're a forward-thinking organization now yeah. that I think about it. We I, should all I'm, be more like them. Well, I'm I'm concerned. Well, if, if the second that happens, Obama will make the call. And <laughs> we've seen we've seen he's he's willing to do that. Oh, get it down! Yeah, when players are a little too close to uh <laughs> getting a little bit too much, it's time to shut it down. Get Barack reason, on the phone. There's the real reason Bill's so in on Obama. He's he's crushed labor early <laughs> on. Bill took a lot of uh, Bill took a lot of notes from him. That's why he knows about Obama being in on buying the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, yeah. Those, those two, him and Obama two, have been texted about it. Both union met, busters. Yeah, I was just gonna say they were at they were at the Pinkerton auction together and uh, <laughs> found one. <laughs> Bill Bill's deputizing nephew Kyle with a pink <laughs> gun right now. <laughs> oh god! Oh my god! Yeah, I would I would love to see those two hang out together. Obama and Bill, two two 
just fucking absolute geniuses in one room. That would be amazing. Didn't he have Obama on the podcast once, or am I? Am I, I think he did. He, I think he did. He did. Yeah, yeah it, that sounds right. Joseph, Joseph Sy mm -hmm. comes out and tweets, uh, "This is bigger than basketball three days ago." By the way, another another, <laughs> <laughs> and then immediately awesome. hires a, a, a possible Whoa. second best coach. Uh, gets rid of. Gets rid of the coach who's been around. Uh, very clearly, it's completely tapped into what is going on in in the modern world. All right. So, by the way, we, big winner what? of this offseason, Kenny Atkinson. Man, what, talk about a yeah. guy who's dodged two different coaching bullets and is now Holy kind shit. Of at the front of the even, line. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. He, yeah, so he 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 avoided the Miles Bridges situation, which obviously Miles Bridges should never play a basketball game again. Mm -hmm. And now he has avoided whatever has happened with the Nets over the last two years. He must be like feeling super vindicated right now mm -hmm. based on yeah. the decision that was made. It's uh it's definitely I don't know. And it seems like he's kind of at the front of the line, you know, like in terms of like when somebody needs to like hire, uh, you know, a, another like play. I feel like him, I feel like teams are starting to wonder about Becky. I think Becky Hammond, like coming out, <laughs> WNBA champion Becky Hammond is making a lot of people look stupid for <laughs> not hiring her. So, yeah, there is, yeah, you know, there is, you know, there's a lot of options out there. So, I don't know. Well, uh, big winner, Kenny Atkinson. I was going to say, apparently, Kenny Atkinson, wherever he goes, there's always some shit. I mean, Draymond punched Jordan Poole in the face not that long ago. So he did go back to the Warriors, right? I'm pretty sure he's, he, he's he back did. with the Warriors. Yeah. 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 So that's funny so, that that's kind of the most minor incident. And like when, like in most seasons, that would be a year long thing. And yeah. they've got to be like thanking God. I wonder if the Warriors just like they were like, hey, Kevin, we need a favor. We're getting a lot of bad PR right now. We are going to send you an Amazon link. We need you to show this to Kyrie um, <laughs> just so we can change up the news cycle. That's all you need to do. The rest, it'll take care of itself from there. But just, you know, show him this movie. And then and then we're good. We, you know, we, don't, we don't need the conspiracy theorists running wild with this one. We <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, it was an actually, inside you know job, Kyrie. Yeah. And if you could Kyrie just let him up. know about alex jones uh the result of his trial too and to bring that up i think that would just you know a little icing on the cake just to get some of the heat off of us with jordan hey Blair. by the way have you seen this Infowars clip from 2002 in this 9 11 <laughs> documentary <laughs> share share this <laughs> can you please share this with your seat with your best friend <laughs> god it's oh, all just it's all just other teams sending Kyrie stuff like hey, Kyrie check this out yeah exactly sending Kyrie Kyrie is gonna be on the next one being like you know uh DoorDash camera in Texas saw a chupacabra they're real <laughs> you know it's just one of those things where like the light is clearly hitting the like the, the thing they wrong and he's just he's he's just doing cryptids I think that's the next step for Kyrie. We need to get him off of like offensive stuff and get him back to fun stuff. Like, you know, yeah. Like Bigfoot. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Things that don't really affect people, just kind of fun right. conspiracy theories. Right. That, yeah. You know, no, like, or even like DB Cooper, like what happened there with, with Kyrie in the off season, you can go for, look for the plane, find out what <laughs> happened to the, you know, the barefoot band, like stuff like that. Fun stuff, you know?
I, yeah, Kyrie, Kyrie, there's there's plenty of inoffensive conspiracy theories that you can follow. And Kyrie, you know. I, I'm no longer part of the media. I've actually I've had upwards of 28 minutes in um, PR experience. So give me a call. <laughs> we can work on this. We can get we can get this together. Thank you. You're so brave for yeah. for for offering your services like that. So right. last thing before we move on from the Nets, because. Just from a basketball perspective, the Nets are winning right now against the Chicago Bulls. They're up one in the fourth quarter. Um, they are I, – I personally think this is going to end in disaster. I personally think that this is kind of a Hail Mary attempt to save the team, to save the Kevin yes. Durant, Kyrie Irving version of whatever this is. I've watched a lot of the Nets so far this year. I don't think they're as bad as their record. I don't think they're as bad as – their net rating with the starters. I don't think that this team is like, like, I think they'll make the playoffs if they stay together. Like, I, I don't okay. think that they're going to be, they're going to totally tank. They so, just have too much talent and, and, and getting a new coach in regardless of how shitty he is off the court. Right. It, it could be good for like, get, at least getting them into that play in range. Right. So uh, where do you think the nets are in net rating in the league right now? It's got to be bad. I mean, I I I just want to say that I I have looked at their net rating a lot. If you remove the the Dayron Sharp and Ben Simmons minutes, it's actually like pretty good. Like mm -hmm. they're tanking anytime Dayron Sharp or Ben Simmons is on the court. But I would say overall in the league, they're probably what twenty fifth in net rating. Twenty seventh. Yeah. It's Only bad. the Clippers, Pistons, and Rockets are worse. Their defense, they're, they're, their defense they're, is really bad. They're right in between the Lakers and the Clippers. And that's kind of – the Clippers are – the Lakers actually have a better net rating, which is mind-boggling to me. The Lakers have a better net rating than the, than the Nets? Yeah. Wow. It's tough. It's tough. As of now, six, negative 6.4 per game for the Nets, negative 5.2 for the Lakers. So I just want to put that – I want to put this in perspective – with Ben Simmons on the court and no day Ron Sharp, okay. the Nets are a negative 10 in 164 minutes. With day Ron Sharp and no Ben Simmons, the Nets are a negative 21 in 44 minutes. Okay. With both Ben Simmons, with both Ben Simmons and day Ron Sharp on the court together, they are a negative 44.5 in 22 minutes. Oh. So I do think that once Daron Sharp is out of the rotation, which he he pretty much was before Ben was out, they move Ben to that small ball five. They were kind of figuring out their lineups with that. I think that that's the next step for them to get back to being like a passable team. I still mm -hmm. think that there are flaws with this roster, especially on nights where KD and Kyrie aren't just absolutely carrying that are going to be problematic when you get into the playoffs. They're problematic mm -hmm. for many reasons, folks. Yeah. But <laughs> problematic like, is kind of a, a theme for this team, to be honest. Yes. But, yeah. Very problematic on and Good. off the court. Right. But but I do think that the Ben's you have you almost have to like if you're gonna try to make this Ben thing work, you basically just have to lean into the Ben and shooting and hope that his brain is not fully broken and he isn't airballing layups and, and afraid to go to the free throw line. And you can just try to give him as much spacing as possible on offense, try to get him in, in uh, some sort of role as the offensive center. Mm -hmm. And then Nick Claxton has been really good this year to start this year. Offensively, especially has taken a step. 
I still think that the Nets end up rebounding in some capacity, but I think in the long run, this this team's over. Like this is just yeah. this is this is it for them. Like I I would be shocked if both KD uh, and one of KD or Kyrie are on this team next year. Like I I, I, I think Kyrie's just gone. I, I just yeah. think, I don't think there's any way Kyrie. I I, I think uh, well, and I thought I thought they were going to get a, a pick from the Lakers. Honestly, at this point, if you're the Lakers, why bother trying to save the season? I think they should just wait it out. Yeah. But like, I, I I, think you could get the cap space for Kyrie or work a side-in trade or something like that. You know, like, you could just get him. You know, yeah, I, I was going to – normally you would – normally where you would ask, like, boy, is it tenable for the Lakers to have, an, you know, someone with anti-Semitic – promoting anti-Semitic views like Kyrie Irving, but – it's the Lakers. They will. They will do that. Oh, the Lakers are going to like they. They uh, have no scruples. <laughs> yeah, no. They have no. absolutely yeah. No, yeah. no. He uh, let's let's just put, let's just put it like this: Kyrie Irving and Kobe Bryant had a very close relationship, and that's all they care about. Well, and, and honestly, I think I think LeBron could honestly make a lot of this go away, where he would just be like, "Yeah, I talked to him, explained like, you know, and Kyrie has told me he's all right with it. You know, <laughs> he, he'll say some like nonsense thing like that, but like he's like." He's he's d- dismissed the anti-Semitism from Kyrie. First day of practice, he's like, first day of practice, he's like, Kyrie, come here. Can I see your phone? Just deletes Twitter. Deletes <laughs> yeah. Instagram. There we go. <laughs> Problem solved. You're we off have... the grid. You're on a yes. mission quest now. Yeah. Uh, honestly, how is Kyrie not an off the grid guy? Like, it's it kind crazy. of shocking that he isn't the guy that is just completely Pers- off the grid. So. Personally, this is why I think he's kind of full of shit. Like, this is like yeah. kind of a huge indicator for me that he's full of shit. Like, yeah, it's more about he's more he cares a lot more about how he's perceived than he, you know, sure. way, weighs in. That's that's my own take on it. But everyone, you know, obviously, I am not. This is a lot of context here. You know, I mean, just saying. <laughs> Based on you being a I'm bitter saying. Celtics fan. You know? Yeah, being a bitter Celtics fan. It is very funny that like it's gotten progressively worse. Like I was like, like I look at all this stuff and I'm like, well, you know, hey, he actually was pretty fun to watch. And while he did mail in that Milwaukee Bucks season, I appreciate that that was the worst thing he did for us. Was, yeah. yeah, yeah. You guys really dodged a bullet with this one because yeah, because because people keep bringing up like Zach Lowe will bring up to Bill. He'll be like. Well, you were really early on the Kyrie stuff. Like you were like, I don't want him. I'm, I was like, the, every once in a while, your fan brain is so powerful. Yeah. And it and you are just so blinded by your own team, the team that you root for, that yeah. your opinion on a player or opinion on whatever can actually become true every once in a while. And the Kyrie situation is a perfect example. The stars align for Bill to hate Kyrie because of everything that happened that season. Right. And then him to turn out to be Kyrie and, yeah. and, and do all this shit. So, well, and it's like, it, it just, you know, it ended a team. I Kyrie, I, I mean, I stand by what ended that early Celtics team was that the Gordon Hayward injury was so devastating on so many levels and broke like a, a bunch of shit in timelines. But I mean, the real way we, but we almost traded Jason Tatum for Anthony Davis, which would have been like a half year rental. Like, can you imagine? Like, oh my God. Can we go back in time and do that, please? <laughs> <laughs> please. Ooh, Danny Age. Yeah. <laughs> and Danny Age got a ton of shit for that, man. Like, for not trading Kawhi Leonard for Jalen Brown. Like, there's oh, yeah. a lot of, you know, 
Got a I lot mean, of shit for Bill, not trading Paul George for Jalen Brett. Like, I, you yeah. know, there's Jimmy Butler. There was a, there were plenty of guys that were available that would have. Jimmy is like the only one because he's actually been pretty good for but you know and healthy a of, and healthy. You know, for yeah. a certain, I mean, he's missed games, but he hasn't like he's been there for the big games and sure. been a big playoff performer. Yeah. It's not like well, AD or Kawhi where they leave and then they get injured and yeah. Yeah. Now, would he have threatened to fight uh, Brad Stevens? And Brad Stevens would have gone, "Oh, go, good golly gosh!" You know, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe that might have happened, but I don't. You know. Yeah. Who yeah. Knows? Well, yeah. You guys would have had to trade for Udonis Haslam, and it would have. Really <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you know, two first round picks for Udonis Haslam. <laughs> I'm you telling you, leadership. most important you... player in the NBA. Before we go on our heat pack rant that was supposed to be the main focus of this episode yeah. before the Brooklyn Nets decided to blow everything up this week. Yeah. We have to talk a little bit about the Sixers because I I've been saving this. I, I think that on the next episode of Bill, Bill might be releasing right now. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if he has released his episode yet, but I, I think that Bill's about to drop. Listen, do we th- Kyle, do we turn think- the TikTok camera on. <laughs> Kyle, turn the TikTok camera on. Do we think the Sixers are better without Joel Embiid? Is this, a, is, this yeah. a Ewing, <laughs> is this a Ewing theory? Is yeah. it now the Embiid theory? Is this yeah. now? Yeah. Yes. That is 100% going to happen in some capacity. Yeah. I'm not saying he's going to, like, I think eventually he'll, t- he, he'll, he'll, he loves to do this thing and he's doing it with the De'Aaron Fox thing right now yeah. where he talks about, like, Oh, they, they should do Russ and two first for De'Aaron Fox. And I'm like, the Kings are never going to do that. They just literally built everything around De'Aaron Fox. I think that's a bad idea, mm-hmm. but they've already bought so far into this. There's no way they're ever doing that. And, but you know, deep down that it's really his opinion or what he yeah. wants to happen. Uh-huh. Cause over the summer, when the Jalen Brown rumors came up, he was like, no, there's no no way. We're not going to trade Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant, who's you know one of the 15 best basketball players of all time, right. and I talk about him all the time and love him and blah, blah, blah. But the second that Joel Embiid looked unhappy after like the second game of the season, he's like, could the Knicks trade for Joel Embiid? <laughs> that's, so that's what's so funny to me is it's, he's not even proposing. Like, why would it be the Knicks? There is literally no reason besides the agent stuff, which he yeah. like loves. Like, and, like that's the only like thing that he has like a tip on. on well, that. well, the theory was that why would they pass on Donovan Mitchell? And then I'm like, well, maybe because they're just the Knicks and they do stupid shit a lot. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, like, and I wasn't even like the biggest like go after Donovan Mitchell, get Donovan Mitchell if you're the Knicks guy, but like. It doesn't mean because they pass on Donovan Mitchell that they know that Joel Embiid is going to ask out. I wouldn't be shocked that if in the next few years that if the Sixers and Joel Embiid comes some, to some sort of mutual agreement that like, hey, maybe the windows pass for us and you can go to a, another team. I think the Miami Heat would make a lot more sense. His friend Jimmy Butler's there. Uh, he's like the, Jimmy Butler and Embiid are, are good enough to at least win like the Eastern Conference and like. Yeah. Like, all, like we we would, we would be, you know, turning the knife in, in the side of Sixers fans. But going to the Knicks makes literally no sense unless you know that they can get another star. Oh, God. Well, like, why, why oh, God, I moved? just thought of it. What? The Knicks are going to trade for Joel Embiid inside Kyrie Irving in free agency. You think that's you think that's what it is? No. So, so who are you guys getting? Well, just I guess that's what's like driving me crazy about all this is it's like what? What, what what would that Knicks package even look like? 
Like they could trade you all of their good players and it wouldn't make sense. You'd Do they have good players? For jail. <laughs> Is RJ Barrett good? Or are we still pretending? I mean, you know my thoughts on Jalen Brunson, so yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna move yes. up. And but, also we have no use for Jalen Brunson, by the way. Right. Like we have Tyrese Max and James Maxie. Harden. Yeah. Like, like, James Harden is at an age where you can't do a pick trade. Like, that just doesn't work on any level. Like, that, I think you're in the same scenario you were in last year with the Ben Simmons stuff, where we would never do that trade unless there's some sort of, hey, we'll give up all this shit and it goes to a third team and then third team sends us X. But once again, that stuff, like, I, I think the Sixers doing as well as they have recently, like, they, they're now two and oh without Joel. They are two and four with Joel. Now, keep in mind, they played the Washington Wizards in one of those games without Joel. I don't think yeah. that they were there was the Wizards are mid and if not just flat out sock and the Raptors, that game was a little bit more surprising because they had just got their ass kicked with Joel a few nights before. Mm-hmm. I think that the Raptors, especially an out of shape Joel Embiid. Yeah. are a particularly bad matchup for the Sixers because they're just going to run you to death. They're yes. going to send a ton of guys at Joel. They can't do offense. They, they need exactly. to run to like, yes. have any offense. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. And, and Joel being out of shape, like this, to, to put it in perspective, this Sixers team is not better without Joel Embiid when Joel Embiid is Joel Embiid. Yes. Joel Embiid yes. has not been Joel Embiid to start the season. Yes. He's been lazy on defense. He's been out of shape. He's been, you know, he's had some scoring nights, but it doesn't really feel like he has the impact that he has had outside of maybe one game so far this year. And if Joel gets back to maybe the foot is bothering him, but if Joel gets back to who he is, then the Sixers are going to be really good. Like, and this is something that I I was saying even through the first few games. I'm like, I refuse to believe that this team is is not talented enough to yeah. get to be a top four seed in the East or whatever it is. Yeah. It is even as deep as the East is. Honestly, it reminds me a lot of how the Celtics started last year's season when Jason Tatum was shooting like 18 percent or whatever. <laughs> yeah, for like for like two months. You know what I'm saying? Like this just happens. You know what I'm saying? And I think the worst thing that you can do is even consider, like even considering a panic trade to where you might piss the star off is like one of the worst things you can do. So like, there's, it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. I, personally. I mean, I would love it if the Sixers traded Joel Embiid because it would definitely make their team worse. So 100%. absolutely like, like delightful for, as a Celtics fan for me, but just that's not the right move. That's not going to happen. I think that there's a clear path for the Sixers to be a good team where Joel is in shape and he gets a little bit more used to a new role where he does not need to do everything. He's been the Sixers problem solver for five years now, and he finally yeah. can just play defense, and they don't have to post him up. You know what I'm saying? You could run pick and rolls and score at will. What are their – like, I, I think their their pick and roll numbers with the, the Celtics game, they ran like four times, the yeah. Hardman beat pick and roll. Like, and it scored, like, it at least got time. to the lot. Yeah, yeah. It, it was like 1.6 points per possession. It was, like, insane. And and it has been ever since. And, and I do yeah. think that there is something to be said. And this has been the one thing that Joel has been really – and I think that he will get better with it with time over the course of the season. But the one thing that has been annoying me a little bit is the fact that when you are that MVP level guy, mm-hmm. when you are the problem solver, when you are used to being the hub of everything, it's definitely got to be a little bit weird when James Harden is commanding the ball as much as he has. 
everyone loves Tyrese Maxey, and I'm sure Joel does too, but mm-hmm. it's got to be a little bit threatening to him. Like, this is my team. And I understand that perspective of it. But when you're watching the team and for the first time in your career, they're winning games without you. They're winning the 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 non-Joel minutes for the first time that I can ever remember. Yeah, ever, ever, ever. Yeah, like they yeah. never win the non-Joel minutes. Like they might break even. Like what they was, might have. What was the Raptors playoff? There's like a staggering Raptors playoff stat. It was like a plus like, ninety in like yeah, well, and and they were like a negative. I mean, it was insane. They, how... they lost the series in like what he, I think he didn't play like a total of like 30 minutes in that seven game series. And they lost the series with him being like a plus 90, like something like that. It was yeah. a staggering stat. Like I think, it was crazy. Yeah. yeah. And, and I just think that it's, it's just, it's absurd to entertain. Yeah. It's a good call because Bill is definitely going to bring that up. And I think it should be dismissed for these stupid ideas. hundred <laughs> <laughs> yeah, percent. It, it it is something that and and it is one of the things that I've I I have been a little bit concerned about is like especially with the new take foul rule that I've talked about a little bit it it's going to be tough for guys like Jokic and Embiid that are still like as amazing as they are they're not going to be getting up and down the court very easily they they can t- tend to get winded during games. It, it might be a little bit, they're just not transition based players. They're half court players. And mm-hmm. with the new take foul rule, I think that that could hurt guys like mm-hmm. them and it could hurt the team's transition defense on the whole. But the hope is, is that as they get in better shape, as the season goes on, as Joel, once again, like you said, like, like they, they basically, what I'm trying to say here is like, they have two things that they need to figure out how to make the transition defense, not so terrible. And then also on top of that, which <laughs> it is hard to say like when Joel doesn't play, obviously it's going to be a lot better because they have guys that can get easily up and down the court. They they don't have guys posting up as much. So they're not mm-hmm. literally having to sprint the entire length of the court, all of that shit. But, but mainly the, the main thing is doc rivers needs to figure out a way how to optimize Tyrese Maxey when he's on the court with Joel Embiid and James Harden, because right mm-hmm. now the minutes that are being won by Ma- when Maxi's on the court by the largest margin or when it's just Maxi. And that can't be the case. Well, like, it's, it's all it's, three it, of those need to work together. I, I think from what I've seen of the Sixers, you can tell me if I'm wrong on this, but it just seems like there's, there's one action. You know what I'm saying? There's not a lot of possessions where everybody's touching. The, they're not doing the Spurs beautiful game shit, you know, no, that's going to no, happen. Not. And that's going to happen when you have two of the most ISO heavy players in Embiid and Harden, you know, like, which did to Harden's credit, you know, he's doing a good thing, but you know, I think they're still mostly treating with those guys on the court, treating Maxi like he is just another player. He is a spot up guy. He's a guy who attacks closeouts. He does yes. this, this, and that. And like you, I think they need to get him in more actions. I think they need to get him, into pick and rolls. I think they do need to get him into like triple handoffs or something like that, where you have an action beyond an action. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think if, if you're going to run a pin down. Yes. You you don't feel like a floor spacer who's there just to be Danny green, basically. Right. Well, you have three guys who can do a lot, who are very dangerous with the ball. You need to action. The warriors did this very well. You start out with Draymond, you know, clay screening for Draymond. You've got like, Steph running around and someone back screening for him, or you've got 
you know, you've got a sliding doors action at the top of the thing. You know, you've got you've got Joel coming up and setting at the nail on the switch. Like there's there's all kinds of stuff you can do at just Doc Rivers. It's hard to get older coaches to change how they do things. And I just I think it's asking a lot of Doc Rivers to, you know, be doing Will Hardy Utah Jazz stuff. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 And, yeah. Uh, he- he, Doc basically will always yell about ball movement and he'll yell about the ball getting like stagnated, but he's not going to have an X's and O's approach to solve this. He's not going to be solving the issues from game to game. It's right. basically just going to be, we need to keep the ball moving. We need to keep, we need to keep moving off of the ball. And look, sometimes like even in games when Joel doesn't play Harden and Maxi at the end of last night, were basically playing hot potato until the shot clock ran out and they're just good enough to either draw a foul or score or do whatever. And like that shit that you need in the playoffs when teams figure out your offense and they can slow down your actions Mm -hmm. and they can make everything into ISO ball. But when like, and one of the reasons why I said on recent episodes is like, it felt like the team was giving up on the coaches. I feel like that's the, the like main sign that a, a coach has lost a locker room is the effort on defense, which was piss poor through four games, four or five games, and the lack of ball movement or just running any plays on offense. Like, Mm -hmm. if you're just standing around and hoping that someone figures something out over the course of the shot clock, that is not good enough to to generate consistent offense in the modern NBA. And that is a sign that the team has given up. Now it has looked better recently. I think they've made it a point of emphasis to try to get those things more incorporated in the offense. But I really do think, and and I said it through two games. I said, look, I can be mad at doc all I want. If Joel is pouting, if Joel, like, I feel like, mm-hmm. I feel like the Sixers made me into a boomer where yeah. I'm like, he's just like, He's he's gotta be happier when he's on the court and like not like like not sulking and like like he needs to try harder. But like really like it like you said earlier, he needs yeah. to get adjusted to where he is a play finisher, a guy who can run offense still, but he needs to keep the ball moving. On defense, he needs to really buy into being the guy that cleans up all the messes on defense again. Yeah. And if that is the case, the Sixers are going to be a very good team. But incorporating Joel onto a team, like it, it's just so frustrating to me because for the past four years, it's been, like you said, Joel doing everything, Joel being the MVP guy, Joel being like the, yeah. the, the only reason the team isn't fucking the Kings, basically. Right. Yeah. And now the team is good enough around him and he is the one that is struggling. And it, it is a small sample size. It's just to start the year. But like, I just feel like I'm like, all right, time to wake up, time to realize, hey, this team's actually good enough to win. And if that is the case, then you, you're you in the – like I, I said it before, I, I would feel bad for Joel if he were doing what he was doing the last three years and the team sucked. But when the team's doing better without him, there's really no excuses left. You just have to fucking kick ass basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I just think that that's we're, – we're getting to – I mean, I think he's also just got to get in shape. Like, I, I think like That's the, all the planter, is. the planter thing, like snuck up on everybody. Everybody thought he was joking, like in the press conferences. He's doing he's a like, bit. Yeah, just yeah. He's just like yeah, I sat on the couch a lot of the time, like because that just like wasn't really reported on or anything like that. So, 
yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I would not be too worried about it if I were a Sixers fan. I think this will work itself out. I think the worst thing you can do is panic about it or buy into any of these conversations about the team being it, Yeah, don't go back and story. listen to the first two episodes of the season is what you're trying to say. When I yeah, was like, exactly. what are we doing? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> freaking out like it, like like I said, it was the NFL reacting game to game and just yeah. completely yeah, overreacting. Yeah. By the way, I do just want to say Doc Rivers has me in a headlock. He is owning me right now because the best plus minus on the team right now is Montres Harrell, by the way. What overall or per he minute? He has a plus 15 net rating in 80 minutes that he has played so far this season. And everyone wow. is like Everyone is tweeting at me. Everyone is saying, how does this just, this does not match my eye test. Now look, keep in mind, once again, small sample size, 80 minutes is not a large amount of time to really take anything from this. But I do think that Montrez, and I said this last night during the game, I was like, okay, I get it now. I get why they signed him. Cause I'm watching and it's easy in an 82 game season for the Sixers, for any team in the NBA to just kind of not really give a shit on a Monday night versus the Washington Wizards. Yeah. Yes. I'm not going to give a fuck at all about what is that game. I'm, I'm just, I'm completely overlooking it. Then you have a guy like Montrez Harrell who doesn't have an off switch. Yeah. Who just comes in and is going to make hustle plays you know, look, he tries on defense. It's it's not always great results because I just think that he's a limited defensive player. But he's going to try really hard, and sometimes he's going to generate turnovers. Sometimes he's going to be able to get the team out running. And then offensively, when he is not playing as poor, like he can't play in the Celtics games. He can't play in the Bucks games, which if you had a normal coach would be totally fine. He would be like, oh, we just know we can't play him during those games. Yeah. We know we know Doc will go down with the Montrez ship, and that is the problem. But Montrez himself, as an energy bench guy, is totally fine for 15, 20 minutes a night yeah. when you're playing the Hornets and the Wizards and the Kings and these teams that no one gives a shit about. He'll win you two to three games a year just with what you're talking about. like Because he's right. done it to the Celtics on other teams. Like He did it to the Celtics on the Clippers, where... Like if you don't have the effort that night, he'll just out effort you and they'll win. Like exactly. he'll have he'll have 30 and you know, 13 or something like that, like out of nowhere. <laughs> and like you'll just do, you know, because people just don't want to work on a Tuesday night. Like when, Exactly. I'm not I'm not gonna like what well, I'm not gonna box you out every time down the court. This is not the playoffs, but you know, not to Montrez, baby. <laughs> you're, you're, no, Montrez yeah. is showing up every single night he's putting right. in the work, and that is the thing that I now get, but my main thing has been any other coach. This is fine. It's yeah. not fine with doc. It's just never, it's never fine with a coach. That's so stubborn that they would literally rather lose their job than not play their guy. And yeah. he has proven before that that is the case. Maybe, maybe I feel like an idiot. Cause I feel like we're going head first into a wall and I can already see round two or round one, whatever it is, whenever the Sixers play the Cavs or the Heat or the Bucks or one of these teams that has a good coach that figures out, hey, we're going to go at Montrez literally every play on defense and they're going to have no answer for it. And Montrez, who was like a negative 150 in like 200 playoff minutes with the Clippers, will happen once again on the Sixers. Well, at least 
Doc did get fired for that. So <laughs> there's no there's no history here. There's so. no history of that. Yeah, so yeah. there's no history. We're good. Yeah. So e. I, I have to say, so shout out the one guy that has been absolutely lived up to expectations. Like we'll talk about two other guys right here in a second, but the one guy that has lived up to expectations is D'Anthony Melton, who is honestly like the fourth best player on the Sixers already. He just does everything that you want a role player to do. He's lit. I, I joked about this. I was watching the game the other night. Uh, not only defensively is he doing what you want, like Matisse Thibel to do, generating turnovers, being really good on the ball, switching, doing everything that you want, rebounding, doing everything you want your role player to do. But may, he also on offense is doing what everyone dream, like Kevin O'Connor has been dreaming of Ben Simmons to do for his entire career. He's setting ball screens. He's doing the Bruce Brown role where right. he's setting ball screens. When they put two on the ball, he's able to slip out. He can make plays out of the short roll. He can yeah. score. Like he is a really, really awesome role player and a great get. And I'm shocked still that it only cost them David Roddy. Yeah. <laughs> Who I love first David Roddy, pick. but come on. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say those, those end of the first round pick, that's how the Celtics, uh, that's kind of the move now is if you can get a guy who's kind of under contract for three or four years, who's not just a rental, getting like a, a solid rotation guy for those end of the first round picks. Thank you, Derek White. Thank you, uh, Michael Brogdon. You know, it's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. If you're picking at the end of the first, the odds that those guy, that guy is going to be an impactful rotation player in the mm -hmm. first two to three years of his career are pretty low. There, there are exceptions, obviously, but right. like we're seeing it right now with Jaden Springer, who just got his option picked up for his third year. And I was like, didn't even know if they were going to pick it up. Like that's yeah. the kind of guys that we're talking about. Like, Odds are you end up more with a Jaden Springer than with a Desmond Bain or with right. like whoever the Grizzlies draft, which is funny right. because they were the one that traded Melton away. But right. it, it does feel like most of the time, if you're a contending team, it's a smart move to push in the chips for that year. Get a guy who's going to help you right away. And Melton has been a fantastic fit, just like those guys have been for the Celtics. So, yeah. all right. Now we have to talk about the tampering charges because the tampering charges, they, they, they finally came down on the Sixers. Uh, they concluded their investigation and the NBA took away the 2023 second round pick and their 2024 second round pick for talking to PJ Tucker and Daniel house basically right b before free agency began. I, they probably called PJ Tucker the day after the heat lost. Yeah. Um, and they did not get in trouble for the James Harden stuff. They did get in trouble for the other two guys. And I just have to ask you, is Daniel House the worst player in the history of sports to be tampered with? I mean, like, look, the Utah, well, you can't expect Utah to just replace a player of that caliber uh, the next, <laughs> or was it the Knicks? Who was he on last year? He, I was on, for both he, was on, he was on three teams last was, year. Okay. The, Rockets, the Rockets, the Knicks, and the Jazz. <sighs> That is, it is, it is like very funny. Well, I mean, we were talking about this before the episode a little bit, but it's like clearly just about the PJ Tucker thing. And it's clearly just because the Miami Heat complained because yes. that ruined their team. Like, because they were operating on such a small window of everything needed to hit. And they've been doing that for about five years. So, of course, they were going to have a hissy fit the second they actually like lost one of these guys. And that's what happened. So, and hey, Two first round picks for PJ Tucker, even though he's old. I don't know. 
two second round picks. That's kind of a wash. So we paid for Evan Fournier, who played for us for three months. So if you look yeah, at as, it that way. As someone said, the punishment for the Sixers should just be having to watch 37-year-old PJ Tucker and Daniel House play for the team. So right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all we're already suffering enough. And also, do you think that Doc Rivers was like, wait, so we lost two second round picks? So I don't have to play any young guys. Yeah, like exactly. Doc, Doc is the real hero here. The yeah. real like the guy that benefited the most from this is Doc Rivers. He he gets two veterans that he gets to play over young guys as much as he wants now. He doesn't have to we don't have to bring in any more the next two years. We don't have to pretend. Yeah. The only way that Doc would have benefited from this is if we traded those two picks for Rudy Gay, yeah. as someone said on Twitter. He's, like so, some other 34-year-old he could play 50 minutes a game. Yeah. He's he's doing the Anne Hathaway thing at the beginning of the the third Batman movie where oops like, like he, he oh no I don't know what to do with the planet and then all of a sudden he goes evil mode like oh we lost the picks mm. yeah I guess I could have said Kaiser Sose but I felt I felt the felt the Anne Hathaway comparison more appropriate so so the Sixers. I, I just think that they should do away with tampering, really. Like, what are we fucking doing here? Like, really? It's such a, it's such a well, it's just such a funny thing because the league, the the league clearly just is like out of sight, out of mind because they, they literally will not look into anything if anybody doesn't complain, you know what I'm saying? So it's almost turns into this weird staring contest brokering thing between the teams of like dealing with it, you know what I'm saying? And it's yeah. just, it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Because all this stuff at the end of the day, it goes back to wanting to make the players do what you want. So, yeah, I mean, get rid of the tampering charges. Who cares? Like, with- Especially when you can li- – like, players are allowed to tamper. Like, James Harden can <clears throat> call any player in the NBA right now and say, hey, force a trade to the Sixers, and we would not get in trouble. And with the influence that players have over front offices now, yeah. whether it's LeBron or KD or Steph – or Harden or any anyone, Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid was the reason they signed PJ Tucker. Yeah. Like Joel Embiid and James Harden both wanted PJ Tucker, and then they got PJ Tucker. Now I understand maybe okay they had to get they had to let him know before Miami could make their offer. Then yeah maybe it was a little bit early, but let's who fucking who cares? Like, everyone does it. Yeah, we should absolutely do away with it. The league has to do these like second round picks. They're not even going to do a real like if you really wanted to punish the Sixers, you would have taken away a first round pick. And there hasn't been a first round pick taken away for one of these things in like 22 yeah. years. So you would have banned I, I, the fanatics guy from like being around the team. It like yeah. really restricted the money. <laughs> like, that is everyone's getting paid under the table that way anyway. So if you really want to put the Sixers in a chokehold financially, that's what you do. No yeah, fanatics exactly. money. <laughs> but Michael Rubin is is able yeah. to leave the team and have Woj write an article where he's like, <clears throat> by the way, he'll still be able to basically pay players. CJ McCollum. Uh, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, James Harden have all invested in his company now. Like, like, what are we doing here? Like, it's it's very yeah, obvious. It's so silly. It's so silly. that all of it. Like, at, at any at any moment, Michael Rubin can can tamper way harder. Not now because he isn't 
with the team than the Sixers ever could. And all of this well, is just, it's just stupid. It's, it's a, let's go to the Knicks, like hiring Rick Brunson to like get around like their own tampering charges. It's like, that's so funny. Like, like, who cares, man? Like, do we really have to do this? Like, where it's the it's the arrested yeah. development thing. It, right. you, you, you can't a wife and uh, husband can't be charged for the same crime. Yeah. It's it's literally yeah. Like, you can't, Michael. They can't they can't charge a father for tampering for the team. No, Dad, I don't think that's true. For his own, oh, I'm the worst fucking attorneys. <laughs> <laughs> that is the, so the, funny. Yeah, the Knicks just hired yeah. Rick Brunson to get around it. And now they're still undergoing investigation, by the way. Yeah. And they're set and they're, they're going to get hit and they're going to lose a second round pick. That's exactly what's going to happen a week or two from now. And no one's going to give a shit. And like, Hey, look, at least Jalen Brunson's good. I mean, other, Sam doesn't think he's good, but well, like, well, but this is my thing too, is it's like, so what are you mad about as a team? That's bad about this outgoing thing. By the way, the Mavericks could have avoided this whole fucking thing. Sorry <laughs> that trying to squeeze your the fucking second best player on your team didn't work out, you cheap motherfuckers. I have <laughs> no sympathy. Fuck you. You didn't pay him. Like it's hundred percent. Shut true. up. Like like go, go, like shut up. Like the Miami Heat. Oh, sorry, you uh, spent too much money on Duncan Robinson. That's your fucking problem. Like I yeah. Well, why? I, I, I don't know all this shit. It's all this complaining. You know what I'm saying? It's just so grow up. You're billionaires. You're all evil. I don't care. Like <laughs> yeah, just, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, you can't make me care about this. You should absolutely be allowed to tamper. And you know, cause you know what it wins out at the, at the end of the day, there is money. You know what I'm saying? And financially compensating these guys and giving them situations. Exactly. They're the players work well. end up benefiting yeah. the, the most from it because they get the most money that they possibly can get and they get it immediately. Cause this is, this is what it is. You know, it's a restricted, it's like a continuation of the restricted free agency thing. You know, I'll, sure. I'll be on a much lower thing. You know, it's like we get first dibs cause this is our guy. And it's like, no, that's, no, not, how that's not how that works. Sorry. Yeah. yeah like you're, so it, it is just it's so stupid it's a it's a whole thing um uh sam presti should go to jail i, I, I ran <laughs> out of the last point but i we will we will incarcerate sam presti i have information that will lead to the the arrest of sam presti hold on hold on are you are you still holding up on this now that the the thunder are winning games and shay gilders alexander looks like an all nba player we'll see we'll see what happens you know you know that like sam presti is tearing his hair out He's in the it's lab a, cooking up. Yeah. Oh, he is. He is like devastated. Like this is. He's, he's Walter White with the droppers. He's he's cooking up a war crime <laughs> yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. yeah. He, he's he is like going. He is doctoring cat scans as we speak. <laughs> like he, he he is firing up. He. I feel like Shea Gilgis Alexander comes off the court and just walks into an X-ray machine. Like every every game, <laughs> they want anything, any damage, any like. He's gonna be the most. He's gonna have superpowers. He's gonna be a Marvel <laughs> hero. They're gonna have Shea Gilgis Alexander just because of prolonged CAT scan and X-ray radiation <laughs> from Sam Presti testing him after every game, just to that's desperately trying to find something to put him on the injury report with. That's why he's breaking out this season, actually. Yeah, yeah, no, he has superpowers. His his superpower is having a shin angle. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I it is very shin funny is that parallel to the ground. 
it is very funny that the uh, Blazers, Jazz, and Spurs have a combined uh, sixteen and five record. <laughs> oh man, we really got to do something about tanking. Yeah. Oh, like, tanking is too like Jesus Christ. It's such a. a, a uh, this is what I'm saying. Like, you can just make a good team. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it, it's fun. You know what I'm saying? I bet Jazz fans are having a great time right now. Like. I'm not even making like a Laurie Market and Art Kelly Olynyk joke. That, that, that's well, right no, now, you're, 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 <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever yeah. my head. Yeah, uh, our two best players were white. Oh my god! Beautiful. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like, oh god, no, you're getting rid of Bogdan Bogdan. Who's coming back? <laughs> okay, never mind. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Kelly Olynyk does. I, I love him, and I mean this in the kindest possible way. He does have more minutes. I feel like he would love it out there. Like, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure Kelly Olytic has a long term girlfriend, Doris Buried. She does <clears throat> multi level marketing like now. Like, this is a great opportunity for her to like really get into the multi level marketing scheme. She could be doing Avon tomorrow. Like, <laughs> that could really supplement. They could have like a Giselle Tom Brady type thing where like Kelly can take the cheaper contracts because she's making so much money. She's like, sure. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really a, a Mormon witch. Yeah. Well, become the kingpin. Well, Mormon witchery is MLMs. <laughs> it's their, <laughs> <it's> their horoscopes. <laughs> you're, you're an Avon rising. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you you're, <laughs> sign up for Cutco. <laughs> you're Cutco Moon. <laughs> yeah. An Avon rising. Uh, <laughs> All right, I don't want. Right, wi- I don't. I don't want witch. I don't. Yeah, I was gonna say, I don't I'm not pissing witch. off witches. I know yeah, you're witch talk. Um, yeah. I don't want. I don't want to be on your bad side. Witch talk. Yeah, don't piss off witches. Yeah. Uh, so let's go. Let let's let's end the episode on a high note and mm-hmm. let's trash on the Miami Heat a little bit, which was supposed to be the main focus of this episode. Birdman hands rubbing together. Let's go. All right, yeah, wait. Have- we have to check the score of the Miami Heat game because they are playing. Okay. Oh, the Bulls beat the Nets, they, by they the way. They beat the Warriors. They did beat the Warriors. Fuck. Sad. Sad. So they're three and that five really now. Us. They're not. The they're Warriors not had five. 15 points in the fourth quarter. Okay. So <sighs> Sam might be feeling a little bit vindicated about his Warriors preseason predictions here because yeah. the Warriors are now three and five. Their yes. defense looks like absolute shit. Uh, they just let up 116 points to the Miami Heat. Max Struess had 24 points tonight. Yeah, Jordan Poole was negative 23 in 30 minutes. Oh my god, Duncan Robinson had 17 points. Oh my god, this is tough. Gabe Vincent was plus 29. Very funny (laughs) with four points. (laughs) So, uh, I mean, to be honest though, you can predict that though. The Heat are kind of a perfect team for slowing down the Warriors because they have rat mode in their back. You know, like oh, 100%. Mode, they can engage rat mode at will. Like uh, when the Celtics played them, I forgot how Kyle Lowry, while he's having a bad season, he still has that rat mode gear. He can go 100%. rat mode at like at will. <laughs> like he's a negative he was, three. He was still a negative three tonight. Yeah. That's tough. But he That's can. You, you're 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 right. He can gnaw at your ankles at any given moment. You, yeah. you can just Lowry. 
has the ability still to have an impact on a game in the most annoying way yes. possible that you have to host an NBA podcast to enjoy watching it. It's, yeah. it's rap. It is. He set the culture for making the Raptors the most unwatchable team in the NBA yeah. that only like the, the 75 people that host a, a national podcast actually enjoy to watch. But yeah. the, so far the heat, so they're now three and five. I said before the season, I felt like this was the last year of the core that they currently have with mm. Jimmy, Bam, and I would say Hero. I wouldn't even con include the other guys in it because yeah. I think Lowry's a shell of himself. I yep. think Robinson's only there because they couldn't get off his contract. Yep. And I think that the rest of their guys, who knows, maybe they'll have the heat thing where the second that they get paid – they turn into not as good. For, like Max Struess and Gabe Vincent are nice, fine role players, but are they going to turn into Tyler Johnson, Duncan Robinson, guys who the second that they get paid after being developed by the Heat yeah. turn out to not be these great NBA players that they thought they were going to be? And Tyler here only played ten minutes tonight. I don't know if he got hurt or something, but. That's weird. That he must he, he must have got Struis. hurt. Yeah, he must have got hurt or something like that. Because that's why Max Struess had, you know, thirty. But the, I mean, that's that's the credit to the the Heat. So when when they played the Celtics, my takeaway from that game was because I've I've made a, a career of being an online troll to Tyler Hero. I think he's, I think it's laughable that he won six man of the year. I don't think he's very good. I you know all the all the usual hater stuff. He actually, I, much to my chagrin, I have to admit, he looks like he's a much improved defender this year. So, like, there's less fakery in him being a, a good player this year. Like, he's actually earning some he's – he's not been as bad on defense as I kind of thought he would be. That said, the Heat are, broadly speaking, kind of cooked. And I, I think this is kind of what happens when you have all these guys who are expensive and you haven't really – Drafted that well. Oh, eye injury for Tyler. Were they playing the Raptors? <laughs> oh, but uh, got yeah. him. Got him. Um, justice so, for Darius Garland. Yeah, justice for Darius Garland. By the Cavs, I'm feeling very vindicated. Not not backing down from my Cavs over block. So they are they're quite good. Um, who, who'd have thought? But long story short, I just think. The Heat have been living on borrowed time for like three years now. Like this, they've they've kind of like they never really did a hard reset. You know, like they went right from that um, those Goran Dragic, uh, Hassan Whiteside, Kelly Olynyk. Who else was overpaid on those rosters? Um, hey, all the guys we talked about, James yeah. Johnson, like all those guys. Dion Waiters, I think, sure. was there for a hot minute. You know, like all they went from those teams that were like perennial first round exits. I think Dwayne Wade might have even still been on the team for some yep. of those. Um you know, they went from those teams that were ultimately underwhelming to this soft reset where they, you know, they get this sweetheart trade from the Sixers where the, you know was it, who was it? Josh Richardson and uh um, Yeah, I'm gonna throw up because just yeah. let's, let's move off that part. Move on. Sorry, we got a we got a cat in the in the mix right now. Um so Sorry. we've uh She's a huge Jimmy Buckets fan. Yeah, she she heard about Jimmy Butler. She, um, so we had um, so they they kind of get this soft reset. They they hit on Bam. Um, people would argue they hit on Tiro. I say the jury's still out on that. <laughs> uh, 
and then and then they've just kind of preserved themselves with kind of these Max Struess, the Duncan Robinsons, you know, the Caleb Martins, transforming, finding these end of the bench guys who are become NBA starter, six man quality guys. So I feel like they've been living on borrowed time for a while anyway, and they lucked their way into the finals. And <laughs> quite frankly, like some Sixers, a Sixers meltdown last year, like they just, they just haven't okay, been a Sixers meltdown. I do just want to say we need to cav- put the caveat that Joel Embiid missed the first two games of the series and then yeah. came back and w- they won two in a row and then they lost the series in six when Joel looked like a shell of himself. Yeah. When the team had no depth. Yeah. When Doc is the coach, and hopefully Doc is not the coach by the time the playoffs come around this year, I'm not saying that they would have won that series, but I think that that series was closer than people give it credit for just yeah. due to the fact of all the circumstances. Well, and just like the, the bubble season, the bubble thing was a freak. I still don't know how the Celtics lost that series. Like that, that is one of the most frustrating, mind boggling series of all time that, that, like that, that Eastern Conference finals. They, the Heat were gifted. Uh, you know, like we just talked about injured Sixers and then this, the Celtics coming off a buck series, which is just, it's punishing. I'm sorry. Like if you beat the bucks, you get a lot, a lot of teams have been beating the bucks, but there is a f- real fucking physical cost to playing the bucks seven games and playing Giannis seven games in a row. Like, and it made the Celtics pretty vulnerable to rat mode. Um, so I think they've had a lot of things go their way. And I just think the quality of the East, like we talked about in our preseason previews, why I thought a lot of this stuff, the East is just better. Like you just can't get away. Rat mode can only get you so far. And I, I think that the league's talent is just too, too strong. Um, so rest in piss bozos, um, <laughs> you know, enjoy the playing. That's what I would say. So yeah. I, so I do agree. I, I think <laughs> Miami's, strategy the whole time has been a little bit unsustainable now i do yeah. think that jimmy butler has been good enough to now be the best player on a finals team and an yes. east and in and, and an easter conference finals team all credit to him like he's yes. been great he's worked himself to become one of the best players in the nba it makes me sick mm-hmm. every single day that i see it but mm-hmm. i i have to give credit to him i think that the thing with them and and i I think the whole, like they said on the broadcast the other day, they're like, you know, the Miami heat, they have 10 undrafted players was what they said. Yeah. And I was like, that's kind of scary. If you're a yeah. fan of like, like I understand that they, un they unearth these undrafted gems or whatever. Right. But like, if my team has 10 undrafted players, how sustainable is that winning in the mm. long term? Because a lot of the times those guys can regress and become unplayable in the playoffs like Duncan Robinson. Like, it's not to say that undrafted players can't be like blue chip prospects, but a mm. lo- there's a reason why their blue chip prospects are blue chip prospects a lot of the time. Yeah. And I feel as though you can only spow your way to victories so far before there is a ceiling on that. And coming into this season, I felt like the ceiling for the Heat was like the second round which I think that last year could have also possibly been that had the Sixers not had uh, bad injury luck. Also, maybe they would have beat the Sixers. I don't know. Maybe they were an Eastern Conference Finals team, and I'm just not giving them enough credit. But long story short here, they are now starting Caleb Martin at the four, which I don't even know how that's workable without P.J. Tucker. They need to swing some type of trade here where they can get like a starter-level guy 
And they basically need to hope for in-house improvements from all of their young guys in order to be in that conversation. And I just, I, I just think that like, if, if I were stacking up the teams in the Eastern conference right now, I would put them like fifth or sixth, maybe like, mm -hmm. like if we're talking about like in a playoff, like I'm definitely taking the Cavs. the bucks and the Celtics are just undeniably better. Like they're yeah. very obviously like at, coming into the season. I was like, I don't know. Are the heat in the Sixers tier and look, the Sixers haven't had the greatest start. I think that they'll over the course of the season prove to be a better team than the heat. I think mm -hmm. the Cavs are definitely a better team than the heat right now. I think that I, I think you're really getting down to that disaster nets tier that yep. Raptors, Hawks, and they're in that group. And that just doesn't really like I, I just can't see a way that they can, as you said, rat mode their way to another conference finals without some sort of major trade happening in the season. Either they either need to go get Jay Crowder for nothing, which I don't even think is possible with their contracts, yep. or they need to go out and trade Bam or trade Bam and Hero in a year from now and get like a, a legit superstar level player. Or I just don't really, like I think that this could be the end of this run for Miami just because like, what, Jimmy's 32 now? Like, yeah, I, I just don't know how it's sustainable at all. Like Bam is not, Bam is not that guy to carry a team. So, so they have one first round pick owed. They have access to all their other first round picks, which is that's something. the scary thing about the yes. Game. So they do they do have one more big trade, and with Duncan Robinson's contract and a couple other things, you can get there with salary with with Duncan Robinson and Lowry. You can you can get pretty much anything. You're just sure. even just Lowry, you know. So they could do you know that's only one pick. They could trade this year's pick, the twenty twenty three pick. The pick is protected one to four or one to 14, like in 25 to 26. They have no second round picks. <laughs> I think they have like literally none. Um, they've traded literally all of their second round picks. But I think that's what they're doing is they're, that's the move that they have left is trading for whoever is available. You know, I think they will still make that move. You know, I think Lowry is the obvious, you know, if the writing on the wall is on the wall with Lowry and they need to make a move. I think they would do that. I, you know, I think they'll kick the tires on, you know, whoever of these disgruntled superstars who are going to be out there, you know, but the, the, I guess the thing that's, that sucks for the heat with this Tyler hero contract and some of this other stuff is you're just not going to have cap space, which has always been the threat. That's where the heat have gotten their surplus value in the past. That's how they built their, their championship, the LeBron teams, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. That's you, you're when you're trading for players, you're behaving like small market teams. Cause this is what small market teams always complain about. Even sure. though a lot of the big market teams have done that. Like the Knicks haven't really had cap space. And so they've, when they have, they've struck out, you know, like who's, who's done well with cap space. Re, like the Lakers traded for AD. Like, yeah, I mean, really do, do that. Like the Warriors getting KD was, I think, the last time that happened. Well, Lebr like, LeBron to the Lakers was the what was the last major free agency move. Well, really, that 2019 offseason when you got everybody moving, KD, Kyrie, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. It doesn't happen like that anymore because everyone just gets paid bonkers contracts when they yeah. stay with the same team. And they always say, we'll just figure it out later. So. Yeah. 
it, it, it is hard to count the heat out, but I, what I meant to say was like this core has as gone has gone as far as it possibly can in my mind. Yeah. There's no finals appearance or 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 NBA championship on the horizon, as Jimmy Butler said today. As, as every other team is covered when they start the season, the Lakers, the Sixers, the Nets, it's like it's a disaster. This is uh, uh, blow it up. It's all over. But when the Heat start two and five, we get an athletic article with Jimmy Butler saying we're going to win the fucking championship. And that is the headline. And everyone's like, yeah, that's normal. And like, totally, totally understand that. But my going back to all of this is like, you can't count the heat out because of everything you said, their market, their appeal as a glamor market, the size of that market, all of that shit. You can't count any them out at any given time, but yeah, but they, but, but the, the thing is, is like, like if if they called the Sixers and they and Joel Embiid ass out after the season, who like yeah. has been like a guy that's been floated around, like Daryl Morey would be like, okay, we need Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, every single pick that you have, plus any other prospects you like, Nikola Jovic, give us like they're gonna have to gut their team so much to get that guy. Like I right. don't like they don't have like they don't have the same appeal that like the Cavs just did with yeah. their trade where they have access to every single pick and they ha- might have some intriguing prospects that the jazz could like, like yeah. I, I, I don't really see like a clear move, but you can never count out the heat as a whole because of everything we said. Well, but, but, but the, I guess that's what I'm saying is I'm almost running counter to that because they're not leaning into their advantages here. They haven't yeah. been for a while. You know, they've, they've gotten all their guys via trade and you still have to give stuff up. Like, you know, I mean, unless you're, of, unless you're literally fleecing the Sixers because they're idiots. <laughs> right. Well, but I mean, like, I love to give Raptors fans a hard time for like their precious Achua, like uh, hyperbole. But like, imagine if they still had precious Achua and they didn't have to play, you know, Dwayne Dedman or whoever, you know what I'm saying? Like, like sure. that's, you, you know, because you could probably, if you could have worked out how to get the cap space, you're still getting Kyle Lowry. Like what? You didn't need to make that trade. <laughs> like, you know, or yeah. how about. What about what about what happens with the Lakers if they just don't make that trade for Anthony Davis and just sign him? Like, but they might not win the fake championship then. I guess that's true. Yeah. That's that, that's the thing is that they they won the well that that is the thing is that the Heat the Heat are at a, a position right now where they're trying to develop their young talent. They're trying to win now, and also Jimmy Butler. I just looked up; he's thirty three now. By the way. And like, if you're not making all in moves with your best player at 33 years old on this massive contract, then I I just, I I don't really know what the future of that holds in Miami. I just don't think that that it is particularly good unless they get a bailout trade from some superstar who says I'll only play there. Right. Well, I guess what I'm saying is that I don't think. Even if they do that, I'm not scared of the heat. You know what I'm saying? I guess it would depend on who they get. Like, if they get Durant, sure. sure. Like, you know. Yeah, like, it's a different story. That's a different story. But if they get Bradley Beal, all right, sure. You're now not a – I don't have to worry about you for five years because you've given all these picks and swaps to the Wizards. Like, you could, you, like I, this team is going to be a – again, maybe we'll get to the conference finals again, but – you're not winning anything, and I just don't. I, I don't know. I'm just not scared. I I agree with you. I think, I think the Heat are over. I think they were lucky to get where they got. I think the only reason they got to the finals was because it was a fake championship. <laughs> I, I'm like I'm not even kidding though. Like, 
we have to look at that. So the Lakers went from out of the playoffs to winning the championship. Well, to... that team was a lot different than the year before. Still, I mean, really, Alex Caruso and Kuzma are making that big of a difference. Well, Anthony Davis makes a very big difference when well, he was still Anthony Davis. But this is what I'm saying. He, but he, that was an extreme outlier season. This is why I'm saying it's a fake thing. You know what I'm saying? Because that wasn't even the Anthony Davis we were accustomed to. That was a like top five generational player for playing a Disney. He, he, he was a Disney. That was a yeah, new... He was, in, he was absolutely... And he also wouldn't have played in the playoffs that year, by the way. It's possible he could have been injured if COVID didn't happen. Right. <laughs> Which right. is like he was apparently out for a very long time. Like that. that is true. But l- yeah. last thing before we get out of here, I just need to ask you. Honestly, I think the biggest thing is you can look at the what happened with the Bucks and the Heat, and you say, okay, so they crushed the Bucks with Giannis, and then the next year, all the Bucks do is get Drew Holiday, and they sweep them in the first round. Like yeah. that's the biggest. Yes. Okay, yes. this was an outlier kind of thing to me, more so than anything else. Yeah. But I, I, I just I, my last question for you with the Heat is. Do you think it's more likely that a year from now we're talking about Jimmy Butler on a different team or we're to- and, and they just decide to go, we'll cash in with Jimmy and we'll try to rebuild with our young core, maybe get some cap space, maybe have try to plan for the next five to ten years with Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, whoever else we can get in the draft and develop? Or do you think it's more likely that they end up trying to get that second star, whether it's like, I, I hate to say Joel Embiid, but someone like that, where they try to get either Bradley Beal or Zach Levine or whoever it is, and they try to make that push and and get back to a conference finals or a finals. I think I think they still think they can. Oh. Weird. Man, not having not having luck with this episode. You're good. Just flip us back, Taylor, and we'll wrap it up. Very at the end. Um, the um, yeah, I, I just think I, I think they still think they can get Durant. Like I think that's still their plan A. And now, how realistic? Yeah. Is it? I don't know. I, I don't think until Kevin Durant is traded, they're going to even entertain blowing this up because I think they think they're in the mix. And you know, uh, who knows what happens with this Nets thing? If nobody has a package for them. I don't see any reason for the Celtics to do any, you know, anything. And I think that was the, that was like the front runner package was like Rob Williams and Jalen Brown. And, you know, Rob Williams is hurt, you know, like, are you, if you're not suddenly not, if Ben is bad, Kyrie is leaving and you're suddenly want a package that works five years of Miami heat picks with Jimmy Butler is 33 and Kevin Durant is also something it's not a bad package, you know, like True. you could, yeah. you could be like the Pelicans are right now. So they got the, you know, Anthony, that's the same bet they made, you know, like it's True. an overwhelming amount of talent in the first two years. But so I, I think if I were the heat, that would be how I would want to play this is I would, you know, be looking for Durant and, you know, Jimmy Butler in, in some flavor and, you know, just see what happens there. Uh, you know, try your best to hang on to Bam, but if you can't, you know, Probably not, but I I think, but I, I do think the Miami Heat aren't winning anything. They're cooked. They're cooked, yeah, they're cooked. You heard, you heard it here first, folks. 
Yeah. RIP bozos. Eighty-one uh, percent of uh, Brazilians that are are that currently live in Miami v- voted for Bolsonaro in mm-hmm. the election. Just yes. Had to throw yes. That in there, just had to throw that out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> but, just something. Just something to think about. But yeah, something to ponder. Okay. What, what's going on in Miami? <laughs> What is going on? What is going on in Miami? A population of people. Okay. Anyway, we will wrap it there. Uh, Sam, thanks for joining me. First episode. I'm happy to go host. Let's go. I'm very excited to be here as a lifelong Sixers fan. I really appreciate the opportunity to really explore what a giant Sixers fan. I know all of the, you know, Paul people are very excited to have to listen to a Celtics fan week in, week out. It's a delight. I'm sure that's what they tune in for. So let's go. Welcome. Yeah. I'm happy to be here, guys. We're going to have a great time. Peace. All right.